If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the second part of this incredible episode of Queer I Am, the podcast, live and unscripted. The conversation continues and we also have an audience Q&A. I hope you enjoy. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. So... This now is the final part of the show and it's an audience Q&A. So it's an opportunity for anyone to get involved, ask questions about allyship and community. And um, you didn't like that. We live for Tawaka here. It's what we're going to get Daniel. From. It's the real Brighton experience. You're like, oh, that's awful and my throat's sore. But it was Daniel's good. train goes at half 10, but we're trying to convince them to stay with shots. So um, if anyone wants a spare well, room. Um... So, audience Q&A, we want to talk about... Sorry? Yes, we can use that one. Thank you. So, this has gone to shit, hasn't it? Show 8 is just like... <laughs> let's just finish it. <laughs> what rule book? <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have any questions about allyship and community for our fabulous panel? Harry, you do. Beautiful. Of course, Mario Kart has a fucking Thank question. Thank you. One, two. Oh, oh, that's quite loud. Hello. Um, Mine is for Cherry. Hi, darling. Hi, Gore. This is sister to sister. Obviously, you're joined by three drag queens in the room, me, Shallow, and Alex. Um, I've never heard of you. (laughs) Obviously, Shallow's been doing drag for like 73 years, I'm pretty sure. Um, But for somebody, you've been doing it for, what, two, two and a half? Similar time to me. Um, What's been your experience of the drag queen community? And if you could improve it, 
how would you do so? That's a fabulous question. I love that. Thank you, Harry. That is a gorgeous question. Thank you, Mary O'Card. Um, how would I improve it? Well, I already am by being in it. Um, <laughs> that's, that's tea. So, no. What is my experience? Do you know what? Honestly, uh, I think it's a weird one. You'll probably get this. I don't know. Mine was a pretty odd entry into the drag scene. Um, I don't think that there's a right entry or wrong entry, but for me... <laughs> except in group activities. Um, but mine... Mine, yeah, I was, we were talking about this during the break, actually, that I kind of... It was a bit of a baptism of fire. Like, during lockdown... Um, we started doing online shows and it became like a Saturday Night Live thing. It was a bit of a take on what Lily Savage used to do, like the catchphrase, blankety-blank. She didn't do catchphrase, but we did. Um, That kind of game show. And it was about mainly boredom, but also a lot of my friends at the time, we realised were just out of work because they were drag queens or cabaret, like we're friends with, you know, Billy Gold, Caravan Park, those kind of people, um, Snow White Trash and Ruffles. Like we were, we decided to put on a show where we platform them and we were like, wouldn't it be great to have something where uh, it's a bit of camp fun, everyone's doing quizzes with their families and stuff and we can do this on Saturday night. So it was, it started with that. So for me, that was a bit of a, entry and then I got booked for a pub and my friend uh, who runs the Bedford Tavern gave me a gig and it was like there you go you've got time do what you want and I went no what do I do Um, and I I, that was the first time I sang the first time I did so for me it wasn't really ever from a desire to really want to do it but since I've been doing it I've realized how much it's saved me and how much it's opened it definitely did save me over lockdown like it properly like we were talking about it being a distraction. Like, it was a creative outlet during a time that was just fucked up, like a bizarre time. Um, and now it's become something that I love, I feel that I'm good at, I feel like I, I find myself a little bit in it. So um, my advice would be to just find yourself in it. Don't, don't treat it as a... I think there's a lot of competition. Like, there's a lot of feeling of competition. And... I think whenever you start anything new, any career, anything that is, you know, obviously we do it for money. We don't do it for, for free, usually. Um, but uh, we, but no, we do it, you do it. And, you, and I mean, a lot of times, unless you're really lucky and you can be artistic about it, we can, you can, and there's some gigs you do have that freedom. Your job is to sell drinks. Your job is to keep people entertained. It's nothing serious. It's about, at its core, it is quite serious because it's about subverting gender and, and questioning gender norms and those kind of things, which I, that's the part I love about it. But it's also just about freeing up those conversations. So my advice would be, if you want to do it, do it with that in mind and have fun with it. And I'd say there's a lot of, there's maybe some people who, uh, take it very seriously in terms of wanting to do something and it's like well if I don't do this I won't have had success and it's like well success is people leaving more open-minded happy free able to speak more and have conversations at home able to have I always say I'm always an advocate for mental health because I struggled so much with it that I say if you want to come and talk to me come and talk to me and things like this even about opening up dialogue like speak more be more honest be more open be more caring be more loving and yeah i'd say for the drag community it's no different i think we should all think kindness first i think there's some people who don't 
do that, whether it's from a place of insecurity or a place of kind of... Because it, it's tough when, you, when you're put in a ring with people who you didn't know you were competing against or you aren't competing against. It's, it's tough because your natural reaction sometimes because of our trauma or because of our upbringing or because of our bullied kind of experiences means that you repeat that. And for me, I've gone the other way. I've, I've, I've gone away from that. I've, I've kind of actively reject that. So I think it's been beautiful. And I've been able to do it with my husband, which is really lovely. Like, he's been with me every step of it. So it's actually been quite a bonding experience for us as well, which is really nice. And you're amazing. And you... <laughs> and beautiful. And I have to say, I had a guest on the first show who is a lesbian and is completely like she fancies the pants off you as cherry bomb and pansexual bim i'm here to rock her world <laughs> she's like cherry bomb oh my Sorry, fucking god like so but i think i think do you know what it's that whole thing around comparison is the what's the saying um it's like the crush of joy isn't it it's like if you always comparing yourself and you're always kind of worrying about what other people are doing you you forget to enjoy your own craft. Absolutely. And, and yeah. if you leave something and you feel good, it doesn't matter about everyone else. If you know you've done a good show, you've been there for the people, you've done what you can, that's a great thing to Yeah, do. I think there's a lot to be said for what you start out as. I mean, I started out with certain inspirations in mind and certain notions of drag, but it changes as you perform because it's your audience that changes you and, and you learn from them as much as they from you. So for me, it's not being precious about... There's certain things you have to be protective of and there's certain things you have to be precious about and there's certain things I've definitely had to make the, the call on certain things that people have advised me otherwise on. And I think you just have to take advice with a pinch of salt because at the end of the day, you're creating something new. We're always creating... Like, Cherry Bomb didn't exist three, like three years ago, so it's kind of... To me, it blows my mind, like, the, 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 the thought that it's just something new. Like, if you put your mind to something and you do it... And for me, it is. I mean, she's come a long way since that first Facebook Live from that YouTube video on makeup. How do I do makeup? Uh, but you do, and, and it's, it's testament to that thing. There's that... that, there's that um, scientists who spoke about the fact that um, if you spend 20 minutes on something uh, every, once a day, every day, you'll be an expert in it by, I don't know how long it is, look it up. Um, but by a year anyway, if not before. But it is, it's about repetition, commitment, passion, like just keep into those things and you'll do what you need to do. You'll, you'll, you'll get better at it, you know? Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harry, for that question. That was lovely. Thanks, baby. Any more questions? Shallow. Right, let me come over. It's all coming oh, from the look, queens. Oh, the, the performers want attention on them. Shocking. Oh, isn't that mad? <laughs> um, before I ask a question first, you just so nice to hear you, and I've chatted to you about this before, about hearing... Uh, about in terms of like the ways like mental health issues can affect you and how you've dealt with them through drag. First and foremost, just want to applaud you on that massively. <laughs> right. I've worked... I've, I'm so, so fond of you, and you know this, and just want to say thank you for doing that on that platform and in that place. And don't make me cry. I know, we can't, we've done that before. We're not going to do that again. You saw me cry before Yo. in the makeup room. Don't do it. Honestly, that. no, you were so ugly. We're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, also, I think, it was actually going back to the celebrity allyship question, and it was a weird one. Don't talk about Mel Sieg. We've already slammed her. So, um, what, is she slamming now? Oh, God, bless. Um, <laughs> So um, it was more 
and I want to know your views and feelings on, and specifically because I had a very, very pigeonholed view in terms of when Beyonce performed in United you know, Arab Emirates, and I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. But then, me be me, I bought a ticket and went to watch the show, and it was the most queer liberating experience of my life. So, how do you feel in terms of, because I didn't agree with that action personally in doing that, but then to see something where someone is actually fully celebrating that um, in that sort of on that level how do you feel personally about what you've seen so far in terms of Beyonce who is one of the biggest queer icons of our lifetime and will be and always most likely will be um, until she passes the torch to her daughter Jay-Z and um, okay, on. but what do you feel in terms of that specific like scenario and your thoughts on it my, my first thought um, Shallow, when you said that, is so you had this queer liberating show in in London, but she's performed in the Emirates. How queer was that? And, and this is, yes, I know she's done a lot, and the whole album is about queerness. And, a, and it, yeah, I know, I know, Qatar is bad, but I don't know how queer that show would have been. And that and that and I know they're doing it for money, but that that's what upsets me. But then I also, you know what? I wasn't in that audience, so I I, I, can't, I couldn't possibly comment. But if if you're gonna, if we're, on the subject of allyship, if you're going to be an ally, be an ally. Don't give me a half story. I know these people are driven for money, and they're gonna they're going to be there. But she doesn't gonna, need the money. Well, there is that. Give me some. Um, uh, it, I just find it frustrating, and I, and I, when I when I see an ally. I think of the real people that affect me and the ones that I see. And I try not to idolize people too much because I, I have done. I have idolized these people that I think are, are amazing and I, they, 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 they are going to speak to me and, and all the rest of it. But actually, on the flip side, they, they really don't. No. And, and, and I'm sorry, I, I like Beyonce's music. I Arctic. don't know how Cancelled. much of an ally that I can... I can I personally and people might disagree but I just won't idolize false idols. I I, I I'm completely in agreement with that because for me to the point where even there's that whole thing of like starstruck of people getting star and there are, I think there are certain people obviously I'd be like oh my god that's fucking that's them but I forget who I've uh, I've got some great stories of people I've met but I don't remember them. Um and that's either because I'm that's either because I'm getting senile in my old age but I think it's a, it's because there is that thing of idolatry like idolizing people where i like the music too but i do find it a bit odd that people are obsessed and i do i don't there are things i get obsessed with but usually it's like toaster waffles or like a different type of you know yeah i get obsessed with i've also got ocd so i do no i get obsessed with things i definitely get obsessed with things but not people and for me the weird thing is like you say she doesn't need the money she did not need the money so therefore, why do you do it? But then I'm thinking, as a queen, would I take that gig? Absolutely, I'd take that gig. But you, you know, you get you get things where you're offered things, and if they compromise your position to a certain point, I guess you wouldn't. And I, I think in that case, it was maybe misjudgment in terms of how bad the reaction was to it. Mm. Um, and when the reaction was had, I think had they known it was going to be that bad, the management would have made a different call. I would say, but. It happened, and it wasn't Renaissance. It was a different show, and it was something that wasn't queer liberating. Um, and there are some people who goes to the, go to these places and wear something with a rainbow on it and call it allyship. 
which it's not. Um, but then, yes, she has then done these things where it is like very liberating, like you said, experiencing that where it's a really high profile person putting on a queer performance. Would I love that person to be queer who's doing that? Yes, probably more so than a straight woman who's happily married with children and comes out every so often to release an album and get money. But I, I, don't, think, I don't think having a gay uncle who made you a spandex dress when you were young like really qualifies She you. looks a mess. She looks a mess. Um, no, she did look fabulous. And we, as queer people, generally do love shiny things. So I think that there is that celebrity love of those sparkly, shiny things. I will say, I went to um, Harry Styles. I talked about queer baiting earlier, and I don't want to get into that because people have their views on it, whatever way he is or he isn't. And actually, it's his personal life. Who cares? Uh, none of us are shagging him, sadly. Uh, and I think we're all a bit bitter. But he, on his show, uh, in, during his performance, he was the most charismatic, beautiful, amazing thing. And I've had my moments of thinking that maybe he was showboating, being a bit Mick Jagger about it all, being a bit like, you know, it's all been done, it's tropes, it's whatever. But honestly, watching that and seeing the female drummer, the female bassist, him on stage wearing like hearts on his fucking lovely, sparkly, gorgeous body. What was I talking about? Um, <laughs> like seeing that though and seeing him and genuinely it might seem like a bit of a token thing, but he does help people who say they're coming out. He brings the flag up. He makes a joke out of it. He goes, whoa. Like, it is a bit, it's a, a thing. It's not, to me, it didn't feel token. It felt like an p- integral part of his show. Natural. And it felt natural, and he felt genuine. He felt, he honestly looked like someone, I've seen videos of him as well, where he's genuinely so excited and proud to be where he is and to have got to where he is. And for me, that's what it's about. It's about being genuine and authentic and these shows that Beyonce's putting on, she said before she wants to be an icon. She wants to be remembered like Prince was. She wants to be remembered. So that's her goal. Like, live that, do that. But for me, those want, the people who are out there being authentic and being like really connecting and doing things that are supportive of the community, that's what, that's what it's about. I think it goes back to also just continuing. I think Beyonce made a mistake and then she comes back and she pours more into it. And I think that they must have had a discussion and I think that I agree. I think it's a very queer show. So I think, yeah. And I think that that was a purpose. Intentional. Yeah, I do. I really do. Because I think that they heard the backlash. Um, There was a lot of queer press that actually still reported on the the performance out there as well. And I just think that I think she took it on board, realised her mistake and hopefully continues but i think it comes back to like harry styles to just be consistent to just keep on supporting keep on being there raise the flag be aware because he, he, do you know what he could have also like because he's had a lot of backlash yeah his team could have equally said stop on the whole yeah. queer thing stop pull it back and whatever and he could have oh, he, he hasn't back. Oh. he hasn't because <laughs> <laughs> as the price um he could <laughs> he hasn't and <laughs> And, and that's true. And what you said, like, I think they definitely have made it more queer forward, the Beyonce yeah. show and things like that. But it is, it is about that kind of thing. You make it, regardless of what we all think, she hired queer people. She had people on her album. She had queer artists. She did, the intention was very much, whether it came from a genuine, authentic place or whether it came from the zeitgeist of the fact that she had to make a queer album. Like, regardless, she has employed queer people she has had queer people there she's doing a lot for um the image of black people within um modern culture like she's doing she's doing amazing things which is why i think we have to be careful about that thing where we villainize people for one decision yeah. or one thing that they yeah, do like it, it's about 
if there is inclusivity there, like discuss it, but get, appreciate it. I think it goes back to make a mistake, show up for that mistake. Yes. And I think that's what she's done. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. again, it's that whole can- cancel culture. Like someone makes yeah. a mistake and we're so quick to exactly. pull them down. But actually if someone says, do you know what? I didn't do okay and I'll learn. That's, that's a great thing, definitely. I think with the, the Harry Styles thing as well, like Ooh, I, quite, back I, to Harry. I, I quite like the fact that he's flirting with the binary. Mm-hmm. And actually he's, he's quite self-aware of what he's doing. Every interview that I've seen of him, every show, every little bit of media that I see, he's always just like, I mean, you know what? I'm just going to fuck around with it. I quite like that. I'm into it because it gets, it gets people talking. It gets people talking about, oh, is he, isn't he? Who cares? But I feel like he might be an ally towards us because he's very self-aware of what he's doing. If I, if I went to him and I spoke to him about a drag queen, I feel like Harry would know. And I, I identify with that quite well and being able to um, flirt with it a little bit and, and, and be that self-aware person. And I think that if we're going to talk about ally and communityship, that, that, that's where it comes from. But also having, I mean, what he's doing as his brand is very uh, gender non-conforming. Yes. Everything he's doing, and, and whether you want to speak to him about him as a person or a brand, we don't know him as a person, no one does wish I did uh, but, but thinking about him as a brand brand other companies will not engage with him in a way that is non-inclusive because they know that they can't yeah. and having worked in the fashion industry for years I know that if he's going with a brief that he wants people he's worked with Gucci a lot I know that they have famously not conformed to male female masculine the, the women's shows the men's shows but they know, and every brand that works with him knows that he will not tolerate non-inclusivity in terms of like gender conforming and what he does and what he doesn't do. So whether people say he's dressing up and wearing pearls for show, I don't fucking care because it means that little kid, little kid growing up, me Mm. in Northern Ireland 35 years ago, like, um, see how I just reduced my age? Um, I, I, (laughs) I should have said 25, shouldn't I? Um, Seeing someone like that who is respected, who's revered, wearing pearls, painting his nails, wearing sequins, wearing shiny things, wearing nice things that we all love, yeah. not all of us, but some of us, it's fucking beautiful. And it it means, would have been amazing to it see. It means the parents are able to now give their children more choices. And, yeah. and that's, that's what it comes down to for me. And also, we get to look up to it rather than it yeah, be, you yeah. know, uh, the, the, the bury the dead trope that I was talking about earlier. It's not just that, actually. It can be something exciting, something shiny. It doesn't always have to be you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, sorry, I meant to talk about that earlier, the joy side of it, because we yeah. hear a lot about, um, we hear, well, it happens, and it's almost like repeating history now, and I think that's what we need to be really careful of, repeating history with mm-hmm. our trans siblings and the trans mm-hmm. community, because we went through, the ones who are old enough, went through the tombstone era of AIDS, HIV, of it being a death sentence, which the ergo made you feel like being gay was a death sentence, mm-hmm. and you grew up with that shame and that, fear and we're we need to be really careful about uplifting trans joy because for me a lot of the stuff that you hear and a lot of the stories that you see are all about trauma they're all about and trauma is a really personal thing Mm -hmm. and we need to be really careful about how it becomes mainstream how we see trans people absolutely and that's what i was talking about victimship before we're not victims some of us are victims and we'll fucking fight for them but we're not victims Mm -hmm. we're strong 
And I think trans joy and queer joy needs to be celebrated a lot more than it is. Absolutely. Incredible. Thank you. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We have like one minute left. So does anyone else have a quick question they'd like to ask the amazing panel? Michael, a run over. I was going to ask a deep question, but we don't know. I like it deep, don't worry. Me too. Um, If you could go back in time and tell your child self what is the biggest joy about the community or the thing you love most about the community, what would you tell that child? That's an an amazing question. I love that. I need to prepare myself. I'd probably, I, I felt very much like I wanted to stay in the closet when I was younger um, and I didn't actually ever come out and think, oh shit, I'm going to feel this acceptance and stuff. And I wish I'd known what I do now and 
to know that there are people. You will find your people. It doesn't matter if you're too camp or if you're not um, the stereotype gay guy or um, your walk is a little bit different or you are limp-wristed. I would probably say just be you and stop apologising because I apologise too much and um, I'm not really sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. I love that. Cherry? Uh, <laughs> when you first asked that, I got a, a bit emotional because for me, there's a lot about, um, there's a lot, I think a lot of us have shame and have kind of things from our past that we would have done differently. Um, and I don't think I've had a particularly traumatic or, or difficult um, life by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I think whenever you start to dig into your own um, uh, struggles, I guess, you unwrap a lot from before, like kind of um, hidden trauma, maybe. Um, and we fuck ourselves up, really. Well, our parents fuck us up, but uh, <laughs> everyone else does, but we do. Um, and once you start digging into that, you see more. And I think, for me, that opened up a lot about, like you said, I didn't want to come out. I didn't want to be different from my brothers. I, didn't, I, I think for me... I didn't want to prove people right. I think that's a thing that a lot of queer people have. We don't want to prove people right because they're absolute cunts and they're wrong. Um, but whenever, whenever they have an opinion about you and, uh, and your sexuality or your gender or what you're doing or whether it's right or wrong, I think um, we have to understand as adults and look back and think uh, that was wrong. Having that view of children and having a stereotype or having a, a, a norm that you project onto children and what, how they should behave is wrong. Um, and I think we're, we're getting better at not enforcing those things. But um, I would definitely say, do you and, uh, and don't necessarily give a fuck about what other people say is right or wrong in terms of how you present yourself. Because um, as much as that, trauma has formed who I am now. I think that uh, seeing parents now parent children in a compassionate and loving way is beautiful. Um, and I'm not saying my parents didn't, they just, it is what it was. Um, I think there's gonna be a, a generation of people who don't have that kind of self-stigma and that trauma to deal with and unpack. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say be yourself and be easier on yourself and trust your gut. Absolutely. Anything to add, Paul? So I, <clears throat> so I was just thinking about like sort of my experiences growing up. I was I was from a very heteronormative, uh, thrown into a very sort of straight heteronormative society, um, and and I've played sport all of my life, and and that has its challenges as a gay man, and. If I was going to give myself some advice when I was younger uh, and about the joys that it could be, I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this, but if you ever get like a pit in your stomach and you're, you're faced with a situation and you're like, oh, I need to answer it this way or I need to do that way, answer it the, the, the queer way because it's always better for you in the long term because so many scenarios and still to this day, I have a very corporate job. I still, even in the rugby world, if I'm out with my dad, uh, my dad is the most accepting man on, on the planet and I love him to pieces, I still have to edit myself. But actually, d don't. Just be yourself because it's better for in here long term. And, and that's what I would tell myself. 
Absolutely. Amazing. I mean, that's Thank good you. advice for me now. Like, that's amazing advice. Except the pit in your stomach. Note. Well, I think that's the perfect way to end the podcast episode and the season. So thank you all so, so much. And um, thank you for all the support and for coming along and listening to these incredible conversations. Big thank you once again to Arco Bellano, to Nick, to Luciana, to Tom, to everyone here. And to my incredible guests, Daniel Harding, Cherry Bomb and Paul Tindall. And thank you to Andrew for pulling us all together. Thank you, thank, you. thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you all so much. I really hope you enjoyed the show. A big thank you once again to all my guests. Please share the podcast, give it a five-star review if you'd like, and leave any comments you may have. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for all the latest updates on Queer I Am, the podcast. Also, check out my website, www.fluiactually.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.